podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise. For your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. The boys are back, and it is spooky season. Uh, the greatest intro, I think, song we have is back. We threw it in there a couple days early for last uh, week's review episode or this week's review episode because, honestly, I just wanted to cheer myself up. Uh, Grant, I know you love that song. It's a great song. Everything about it, top to bottom. I forgot how good it was. Yeah, and honestly, it makes me sad that we, honestly, maybe next year we'll run it. Know, from September 1 all the way through Halloween because it's that great. But I'll tell you something that is almost as great, and that is mybookie.ag. If you use promo code armchair, no, sorry, just chair. Use promo code chair today. You're getting a 100% deposit match bonus. That means if you put in $1,000, boom, you have $2,000 to gamble on. Uh, and then, you know what, after that, you make a bunch more money. That's the way the world works. That's how gambling works. No one has ever lost gambling on sports. So what That's are you true. waiting for? Promo code chair, mybookie.ag. Oh, today was kind of a big day. We're recording this on uh, October 1st, and some pretty big news happened in the world of basketball recruiting. So we're going to hop right in to Wildcat Roundup presented by our friends over at KC Online. Remember to go check them out for all your K-State recruiting news and honestly just K-State sports news in general. But uh, we got our third commitment of the 2020 basketball cycle, another four-star Rivals 150 wing, this one out of Orlando, Florida, by way of Angola, Africa. That is Elton Miguel. This dude is a hyper-athletic wing uh, who, honestly, I didn't know this until today. He's about to turn 19, so he's pretty old for this class. He's going to come in with a Big 12-ready body, uh, and a lot of recruiting analysts are saying he's a plug-and-place DN3 guy, which is exactly what we'll need. I almost see him as like a perfect fix for when Xavier Sneed leaves to play that wing spot. Um, how pumped were you when this came through? I think we all were expecting it, but when you see that tweet come through, you don't get any less excited. Right. Exciting day for the Cats program. Honestly, I forgot he said he was going to announce today because honestly the hype of our new uniforms had me distracted. But, um, you know, we were kind of all waiting with bated breath today to see who he was going to choose. And we beat out an MCU, South Florida, Western Kentucky for uh, Selton Cement. And it's big. I mean, that, that adds a lot to this already strong class. Joins the trio of the the top 150 guys, Nigel Pack and Luke Kasubke, and it's a great addition. I'm excited. I hope that we can add even more to this 2020 class. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. They are now officially full for 2020. They have all three spots filled, but they do seem to be targeting some other bigs and actually a couple other uh, wings as well. Uh, it's been like forever since we've had an offseason where someone has left the program uh, that – 
was still an underclassman or still had eligibility left. So I think it's safe to say we're going to be adding at least one more guy. Um, and I tell you what, if we were to get, you know, I don't know, someone like Davion uh, Bradford out of uh, out of St. Louis, he's another four-star top 150 guy. We're already sitting as a top 20 class according to rivals. Could you imagine if we added another top 150 guy and we might be looking at, you know, a top 10 class with all said and done? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I think Rivals has a sitting at 16th right now. If we do add another guy, that would bump us six spots. I haven't really looked at the at the classes, but you know, the fact that the fact that the coaches are still so active and targeting guys while they already have a full class, I think should tell you all you need to know about the current standing of the roster. I I'm sure that they're expecting somebody probably not to be around. Yeah, I am a little sad. It looks like uh, that Hoogly kid out of. Uh... I think he's from the Pittsburgh or Indianapolis area. He was scheduled to come in for a visit, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen anymore. A lot of the tea leaves make it seem like he's going to go to Pitt. Uh, But, you know, you're still in on a couple, uh, you know, uh, Bradford, I said, and then Jethro Masundin, you're still in on him, but he's gotten a Memphis offer, Louisville offer, so that might be tough. But I think they're still going to pound the pavement. I don't think they're done, and, uh, man, it's – it's crazy to think this is our, what, fifth or sixth top 150 guy Bruce has brought in the last two classes when before that, all his previous years, I think he only had four or five. Yeah, and, you know, he's been busting his ass. The squad, or the uh, the staff busts their ass in, in terms of recruiting. They work harder than a lot of – I mean, they work harder than people give them credit for, and – Man, who if you if you just take it back three or four years, we would have never expected to be in this position. It's great. I mean, it's good times. You gotta love Brucey. Yeah, I, I, I have no complaints and uh, it's just gonna get even better. Football recruiting, nothing too specific for a- anyone out there. I would say get over to K State online. Uh the Cats have targeted some higher profile JUCO guys, some guys on each side of the trenches. So head over there if you want to hear what they're going after. Um, K-State soccer, I tell you what, those girls, they know how to defend, and, you know, they have a lot of grit. They opened up Big 12 play with two nil-one losses. Uh, the first one to Baylor uh, in double overtime, and then Texas scoring the final minute of regulation. Just heartbreaking games. They got two down in Oklahoma. Uh, the first one versus the Sooners on Thursday. The second one versus Oklahoma State on Thursday. Um, Hopefully they can find a win because, damn, you know, they're pretty close to two big upsets this past week, and they just couldn't find a way to get the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, it's uh, not pretty. Sitting at 2-7 two and seven and 2-7-2, two, and 2 I'd like to see more from them for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Volleyball actually had a bit of a surprise win versus TCU to open up Big 12 play. They've won that three sets to one. They keep Big 12 play going this week and make their debut match in the Hearn Fieldhouse for the 2019 season as they take on Texas Tech 6.30 on Wednesday. If you're listening to this on day, on uh, launch day, so get over to ESPN+. Plus If you haven't already canceled it, watch the Volleyball Girls go for their second win. And then as the Football Cats will be playing the despicable Baylor Bears at home, keep an eye in between corner or quarters to the Jumbotrons because we will be waiting updates for the volleyball team because they tip at 2 p.m. versus the Lady Bears down in Waco. That would be another feather in their cap if they could find a w- way to win that because that's a talented Baylor volleyball team. Um, you know, if it looks like the volleyball team might be the uh, women's sport in the fall that 
might have a little bit of staying power. Um, I don't know about you, but I'll be tuning in uh, tomorrow, or I guess today when you guys are listening to, to that volleyball game. Because I love volleyball. I know I've said it before, but if I could pick one non-revenue sport to be elite at, I'd probably choose volleyball. Volleyball is great. I mean, we came from a high school volleyball powerhouse, and we got to, like, see volleyball growing up. So it kind of it kind of sucked me in. I do enjoy it. Yep, definitely. So we'll see how they do it. Um, before we get into Coach Kleiman's press conference, we have to talk about the biggest news in K-State sports maybe ever. Um, it's something that I think we both had an idea could happen. Jason didn't flat out say, but he hinted if any sort of changes might happen for this year, it'd be color flips. He told us that all the way back last December for our Nike pod. Uh, so I always had the hope this was going to happen. We had heard whispers. We were, you know, trying to get Taylor Bratt, trying to get, you know, Gene, trying to get Chris Kleiman to say something on the record. They would only hint at it, but it's finally here. We have the white helmet, the white pants. We are going for uh, white on top, purple jerseys and white pants. Looks like they're going to go white shoes as well. Grant, when that tweet dropped, I think we were anticipating it would happen at some point. But how pumped were you? Because I lost my mind sitting there at work when it came through. I was pumped. I I missed. I kind of missed the tweet. I was like an hour late, and I had already seen all the reactions. So uh, I wasn't expecting it. I th- it was early in the week. I think that that was maybe a little strategic. I guess Kleiman commented on that, but I don't know how much I buy that comment. But man, really great. I what I've been wanting to see for years: white helmet, white pants. I think it looks really clean. I think it's better than the home look, uh, the traditional home look. I kind of agree with you. I think you tweeted that. Um, but I want, I would like that to be our base set. I think it looks a lot better. I agree with you. I think it looks very clean. I'm not, I'm not a hater of the silver, and I think we've said it a million and a half times. We don't hate that traditional look. That just looks better. It looks cleaner. It looks fresher. It just looks like a better uniform for me, and I – Hope we I get agree. to a point where that is our, uh, you know, our regular home, that it's the norm instead of the exception. Uh, I'm not confident in that. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Another, and, and again, this just shows you how starved K-State fans are for uh, uniform changes, some content, all that type of stuff. Who would have thought the script cats on the bumper of the yeah. helmet was going to send folks into a frenzy. Don't get me wrong. When I saw that, I fist bumped. I was happy about it. But, man, there's, like, multiple pages on message boards just about that one small detail. Um, will it be something that we need to keep an eye on in the future? Who knows? Uh, but, I, you know, who would have thought something that small would send folks that crazy? I love it. I think it's a great change. I think it – what was it? Typically family or just K-State. I, I think it's a great yeah. mix-up. I think um, um, the the white camo was a red a big red one. Um, that's cool too. But, but um, I, I like the script cats. I like it a lot. I like it too, and I think they should bring that uh, you know cat script into their repertoire more. Just just from top to bottom, whether it be football, basketball, I'd like to see the cat script yeah. all over the place. Yeah, I would like to see that adopted as the official secondary logo. I'd like to see it on merchandise. I'd like to see it on basketball uniforms. I'd like to see it, you know, maybe as a helmet decal. I'd like to see it on the field. Even I would like to see it anywhere. I'd like, I I want more of that cat script. Um, I'd like to see them lean into it. Uh, You know, beggars can't be choosers. I'm going to, 
I'm going to take what we can get. So if we, if that's all we get of the cat script, then, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but I really do hope uh, we see some more of it. Um, anything else that you're hoping to see for rest of this year as we move on? I think we all see that and we're like, all right, hopefully that means we're going to see the all whites at that's some point. Wants. I think that's what yeah. everyone wants. Um, I hope they don't tease us. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think, just think that would be so perfect. Um, I don't know. I hope we see it. You, you got to think they'd give it to us eventually, right? The all-white is the best look for any uniform, I think. And, man, we've, been, we've just been pining for that forever. I mean, I think our, our traditional whites are one of the best-looking football uniforms in the country, even with the silver pants, but I've always wanted – you know, a white lid with some white pants to just see what that would look like top to bottom. I think it has potential to rival those Texas uniforms, which people seem to think are the best ever white uniform. And I I think they would look super clean. I agree with you. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that we see it at some point. Um, so that's our talk about the uniforms. Uh, Coach Kleiman's press conference, so you mentioned it earlier, he said part of the reason why they debuted them is so they could practice in those helmets all week. I think there might be some merit to it. I mean, they're going to be, you know, the same brand and all the same specs as their usual game helmets. But, you know, be able to wear them in practice for four days, get used to it a little bit. I do think that's probably the smart move. Uh, another thing that he said, it was the very first question of the press conference. They asked, you know, what, what did you see after rewatching the game? He said that when he did go back and rewatch it, that he thought that they maybe put in too many different play calls in their third down package. He said that they kept seeing different things during the bye week that, that, that they thought they could get in during two weeks of prep. Uh, so that was something that you and I kind of alluded to, that, hey, maybe this was something that happened. Um, were you surprised that he just straight up came out and said that? Is he being a little bit too honest to a fault? Or do you like that he's you know just flat out you know saying what happened? I like to hear that, you know, transparent. I like to see that transparency, and, you know, I don't think he's saying anything there that's necessarily too honest that's going to hurt us. I mean, we both kind of thought that man, why we're being a little too cute against Oklahoma State, and it's kind of interesting to hear him come out and kind of say that one way or another, but um, no, it doesn't bother me. It's better. Than, it's such so much better than it's freshing to hear that than just, you know, some bullshit that's, a huge deflection. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Another thing he said that he noticed when he rewatched it was that they were far more successful running the ball on first down the second half than he originally thought. I can't quite remember. And I didn't write it down quick enough when I was listening to the press conference, but he said seven out of eight first down running plays in the second half were considered successful runs. I think he was saying four or more yards. Um, Again, I haven't gone back and watched it. Um, I don't know if I ever will at this point. But does that surprise you to hear if that's accurate, that they did have that much success running the ball on first down, second half? It did feel that. I, I remember feeling that way. Um, it felt like we were having more success, so it's nice to hear that actually be confirmed um, on the first down. But the, the killer plays were, man, those two um, nine-yard first down yeah. gains that we got nothing out of. And those that was a, another instance of just no margin for error with this K-State team. Um, you know, we I think we killed ourselves both times with penalties, or at least the second one was probably a 
tackle for loss. But yeah, um, it didn't it didn't seem like we had much success on first down the entire game. But it's just interesting. It's interesting interesting to hear that um, not really amount to anything, even though we were feeling like we had more first down success. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to be ahead of schedule because I think you know you target four or more and then you're quote unquote ahead of schedule. Uh, when you're trying to pick up a first down, the fact that you still took forever even to get two first downs in that game, um, it's crazy. And it, it really is something that, uh, you know, Coach Con- so I didn't put this in the notes, but someone asked about, you know, the two first down plays where you pick up nine yards and you failed to pick up one yard on the final two plays. Um, it, it does just, when you think about it, make it just gets me frustrated again. That game could have been there. And I, I just think that... I don't know, man. I, and this transitions into the next part about Malik Knowles. He said it's truly going to be week to week and that he's hoping he can start practicing this week. It just kind of takes me back to if you just had one more difference maker on the field who could either get open or at least, you know, make it so some of our lesser wide receivers weren't having to go up against future first-round draft picks. Um, you just got to think that, man, if one or two different things go the other way, we might be we, we might be sitting – quite ha- way more happy than we currently are uh and it just kind of yeah just made me sad to hear that because i started just, to move on and uh the malik stuff is eye-opening because it just goes to show you know how weak that wide receiver unit really is because i mean malik i think was clear-cut our best wide receiver and he's not even there yet you know he's a redshirt freshman that's played like what four games and he's not even remotely close to reaching his potential. I think he's a good player right now, but God, I mean, just him going out, a guy that's a freshman relying so much on him is troubling. Yeah. And again, it makes you daydream. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I wish we would have handled Hunter Ryzen differently. I'm not saying that I wish we would have handled Zuber differently, but it does make you think, you know, what could have been if, you know, you had some wide receivers who weren't getting in trouble, and man, I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, we'll we'll move on from that. Um, he touched on John Holcomb a couple times. Um, Coach Kleiman said he was very encouraged by how fast he plays, and that he is a physical blocker, wants to be involved, and he doesn't want to be on the sideline. Talked about how. Uh, he's still learning uh, different positions and that they're going to create packages to make sure he can be utilized. Um, what, your, what were your thought process when you heard that? Um, are you happy we're moving on from maybe him being a quarterback to more being an athlete? Do you think this is a sign of long term or do you think he'll return to practicing quarterback when Skyler leaves? Tell me what you're feeling when it comes to John Holt. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm at this point in time, I'm happy that he's moving away from the quarterback position. Um, maybe he has a future at quarterback, but it's not anytime soon. Um, he looks nowhere near ready, um, mentally at least. Um, he's clearly an athlete. I think we need to try to utilize him somehow. I don't know what that's going to be. Um, he's a big dude. He should be on the field. I think he has game breaking ability, but. What does that mean? I don't know, but I, man, I don't. I'm not so sure he does have a future at the quarterback position. I, I just, I'm not sold yet. 
Yeah, I I was sold. I was someone who I think maybe said on this podcast and definitely on the boards, I've been saying that I feel John Holcomb is a quarterback. He's someone who I want to see take up the mantle after Skyler. But here's the thing. If he's going to give us a better chance at winning games by being an athlete, by playing tight end, by being in the slot, by doing different things, then all right, hey, let's rock and roll. We still have another year of Skyler after this. You have some talented quarterbacks coming up uh, in, the, in the pipeline. So um, if that's the way it's going to be, then sure, let's rock and roll with that. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. I, 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 really, I really don't think this year, though, he should be behind center. Um, so if this is long-term or just a season, that's fine. But definitely I don't want to see him taking any more snaps this year. I agree. It seems like he has a really, really, really long way to go before he's even remotely ready to be or to challenge or be that number one guy at the quarterback position. And that's even if we took Skyler out of the equation for me. I just don't – I haven't seen it yet. And obviously I don't know all the ins and outs, and I'm not a quarterback, but um, I think we could use him somewhere else. Yep, I definitely agree, and I think that's partly in fact because you don't have that skill position depth. Um, So – you know, it is what it is. We we ride on. Um, is there any other takeaways you had from Coach Kleiman's press conference today? No, not from me. Okay, perfect. Um, I would say anyone uh, who is interested, head out to Twitter because it looks like some of the media guys had fun with the helmet. I saw some pictures of Kellis Robinette <laughs> with it on. There's a gif of Kenny Lanou trying and failing to get the helmet on. Lots of real up-close, in-depth pictures over on the Twitter.com. So head over there if you want to check that out. But now it is time to get into our game primers, and they are sponsored by BlueChew.com. Well, I tell you what, the white helmets might be putting BlueChew out of business because that gets me rock hard. But if those helmets don't do it for you, remember, BlueChew is the first ever chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Take them day or night, full stomach or empty. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as the pill. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first month free if you use promo code ARMCHAIR. So get it and get hard. Grip it and rip it. Chew it and blue it. Hell yeah. I, I, can't, I got it last night. Can't wait for uh, your review on the pod. I tried it. Um, oh. I, you can bet on my bookie on whether or not I actually was able to use it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's not It's not like gum. I don't know why my first instinct that was that it would be gum. I mean, I should know better than that. There's no. There's not any medication that's chewable that's going to be gum. But, yeah, it's it's more just like a, like a vitamin, really. I didn't think it tasted as bad as you said, but. It wasn't all right. It wasn't bad. Well, it is what it is. Go over to Blue- Get your Blue Chew, guys. Go to BlueChew.com, promo code armchair to try it for free. So, uh, as folks who have been listening to the podcast since its inception, we have a rule after we failed to get someone on during our preview series way back before last football season. Uh, Baylor people and Baylor fans kind of suck because they still try to explain away and make excuses for the despicable stuff that happened on their campus for years upon years. So it was at that moment we decided we were not even going to try to get people who represent Baylor onto our podcast, even for primers. So there is no Baylor primer for you, but don't worry. We have 
Grant Flanders, a.k.a. Flando, from K-State Online to take care of K-State's primer. So that is better than having anything representing Baylor on our podcast. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. What's up, Boscos? What's up, Boneheads? Uh, It's Grant Flanders or Flando, whatever you want to call me, with K-State Online. Uh, Check out our website. It's the Rivals K-State website. I appreciate uh, Grant and Scott coming to me to do this do this primer for Baylor. Not going to lie, not uh, that prepared while I'm doing it. I'm literally just going to read off this little outline that Scott was nice enough to send over to me to be able to uh, get this thing done. So first one was to introduce myself. I did that. Told you my affiliation. It's Case Online. Again, go to KSO. Check out our message boards and stuff and see what's happening. It's cool stuff. It's always always a new thread going on to to talk about K-State sports and, and anything really. Random stuff too. But let me give you like a, a, a good primer for this Baylor game. So uh, let's see. Number Point number two it says give us a quick overview of how K-State – uh, any major events or talking points that have dominated the landscape this week? I mean, obviously K-State's coming off of a loss against Oklahoma State this past week. Just their first loss of the season. They're still 3-1. and one. They still have a big win at Mississippi State two weeks ago. I mean, the biggest talking point is still the fact that Malik Knowles is injured, and obviously they're 0-1 without Malik Knowles, one of their most electric offensive weapons definitely as far as receivers go and pass catchers go and that was made obvious against Oklahoma State I will say uh, let's talk about that game a little bit and the fact that I mean that was a big point Malik Knowles being out you didn't have many guys that could really uh, create separation in the passing game from the receiver position because of how good that Oklahoma State secondary was so it's it was easy for the corners to stick with their receivers and therefore it was easy to stop the run because you could stack the box more than you would if uh, a guy like Malik Knowles was there and a a guy who would probably have to be doubled. Um, So that's something that's for sure going to have to be worked on. And I think K-State still for sure has confidence in their uh, receivers other than Knowles. And I mean, he's going to be out for who knows how long, obviously with a stress fracture, it's, it's it's not going to be anytime soon coming back, so they're going to have to manage without him. Luckily, they got past one of the – I mean, it was a loss, but luckily they're past one of the, the best secondaries in the league, and now they move on to a team like Baylor. So, yeah, there was offensive struggles last week. But, hey, from the Oklahoma State game, you can take away that the defense did play really well. Guys are back and healthy. Wyatt Huber looked really good. It's going to be exciting to see what he can do now down the stretch. I mean – K-State definitely made some mistakes, but they also forced some mistakes against Oklahoma State uh, defensively. So I think if they can continue doing that, they will look good for this uh, for this season. Uh, it says, tell us what happened last week in the previous game. I kind of just did that. Give us the score and what the major moments or talking points from the game. I mean, the, the score was 26-13. to 13, And I guess, it, yeah, it was one of the, the lowest scoring um performances from k-state in stillwater in the last 30 years but i think yeah that's just had a lot to do with not many weapons it's the last time k-state was in oklahoma state they they had a byron pringle making great plays 
for K-State and other guys that were around him to make things happen two years ago. So, I mean, that's a a tough thing. I guess, uh, yeah, two years ago in Stillwater. So, it's obviously a tough thing to to fall to Oklahoma State and, and be in the lowest score in 30 years. But, hey, I think they're still on the right track. Obviously, um, they're going to have to make adjustments without Malik Knowles. But, like I said, they got past one of the toughest secondaries in the league. Um, now, what are my expectations for the season from this point forward? Yeah, so three and one. I still think the ceiling. I think the ceiling for this team is nine and three. I look. I've looked through the schedule for K State, and I can even point them out right here while I'm on the air. Um, I do think if I were to guess, K State ends up eight and four by the end of the season. That would be my prediction. And then the floor. I mean, they could bottom out at six and six. It could get worse than that even. And but if they still pull off a six and six season I mean that's what it was looking like going into the season as far as I was concerned and a lot of people were concerned so it's still going to be impressive regardless especially when you you start losing guys and you start losing guys to injuries like Malik and and playmakers on the other side of the ball too it's going to be tough to win some of these games that were in K-State's favor before they lost them because there's just not enough depth there for K-State right now but um let me go through the games real quick and tell you what I think, I mean, are winnable games still. Okay, so you got B- Baylor at K-State. I'm going to talk about that game in a second, but I think that's a winnable game. So there's a one win right there. Then TCU the next uh, week after the bye, that's another winnable game. You have a loss to Oklahoma. Then at Kansas, that's winnable. Uh, te- Texas is a loss. I mean, every game besides Oklahoma and Texas from here on out is winnable, and that's how I see Basically, the ability for K State to get to a nine and three record uh, at their peak. So, let's see. Uh, going to what will be the strengths of K State in this game and how they will attempt to use it to win the game. I mean, the strength is going to be the defense. I, I think that uh, Baylor. I mean, of course, they're four and zero coming into this game, but. To me, I'm, I've never been impressed with Charlie Brewer. I know he's got a lot of preseason hype and stuff, and you know he he put up some decent stats last year. But when I've seen him play, he has not looked impressive to me. I mean, I, I know that they probably have some playmakers. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know much about Baylor from except for what I've seen from last year. I haven't done a lot of research on him. I'm just gonna be honest with you right now on the Bosco's boys. But uh, what I do know is I'm not a big fan of Charlie Brewer. I think K-State's defense can really uh, trouble him in the backfield. Make it. I mean, he is dual threats, and but he loves to scramble. So I can expect K-State to get him flustered. I don't expect them to have a great day passing the ball. Um, and he's going to have to do stuff with his legs. And I think K-State makes him very one-dimensional. So I think that is going to be the strength for K-State to attempt to win this game. Um. And then the biggest weakness is still, I mean, going to be <sighs> going to be the offense and how they are going to attack in the passing game. I do think they will have more success than they had against Oklahoma State. I don't think Baylor has quite the uh, secondary that Oklahoma State has, but I mean, there's still no slouches. I think they're going to be able to stay with K-State's passing game for the most part, so I think that's going to be the biggest weakness. I still think the running game can be good. It's hard to run the ball, though, when uh, you can't pass the ball. So 
I mean, that's just one thing that, uh, I mean, that's just one thing that I would have to say about that. So, I mean, man, I realize I am going on with my little spiel here. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just go through it quickly now. Uh, touch on one to two key players to keep an eye out for on each side of the ball. Wyatt Hubert on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, you're going to keep an eye out for him all season long. And then offensive side of the ball, I'd say keep an eye on out for uh, James Gilbert, uh, the guy that I think is a very solid running back. I think he could have some games where he does uh, get it done himself offensively because um, it's still going to be tough in the passing game without a lot of playmakers. We'll see if some true freshmen like a Joshua Youngblood can step up in that aspect. But for now, keep an eye on Jordan Brown this game. See if he can break some tackles and get some yards when uh, Baylor might still be stacking the box. And then tell us what you believe the most important thing will be for K-State to win the game. Uh, pass the ball a little bit. At least get Skyler, uh, have another efficient game through the air, finding guys. And I think that will be the key so you can open up a run game you can keep the keep the the ball, uh, keep the chains moving. One of thirteen last week against Oklahoma State on third downs. If they can keep the chains moving, that'll be important. Score prediction: I'm going to go. K State gets the win. I'm going to say, let's see, I'll go twenty-four to twenty right now. I think K State gets the win at home. I don't think Baylor has enough uh, to get it done. Um, but it's still a close game. Obviously, coming off the Oklahoma State loss, I'm not super optimistic. Not without Malik Knowles. Malik Knowles was on the team. I know it's crazy to say that about a redshirt freshman, but I think uh, he'd make he'd be the difference of maybe a, a, a two score, three score game for K State in a lot of these winnable games uh, down the stretch. And then, uh, yeah, signing off. I'm Grant Flanders, Flando, whatever you want to call me. You can follow me on Twitter, at Grant Flanders. Um, I mean, I have an Instagram. don't really use it too much. You can check me out there. I don't really do anything as far as sports-wise on my Instagram, really. K-State Online has an Instagram. We post on that every so often. You can follow all, you know, Matt Hall, uh, at Matt underscore D underscore Hall, I believe, on Twitter. And then Derek is at uh Derek Young Rivals I think on Twitter I could be wrong about those just look them up you'll find them follow those dudes too they know everything going on and then um I mean they know a lot more than I do as far as football goes too and uh so yeah just stay tuned to the Bosco's boys and uh KSO if you want and uh meet me at the Cathead Grant Flando Flanders he's the goat everyone Make sure to get over to Case Online, see all of his great work covering the cats. Um, we're going to get into our keys to V, and our keys to V are sponsored by our friends over at Kansas City Direct Primary Care. That is KCDPC. It's Kansas City Direct Primary Care. They are a primary care clinic that does not accept insurance, but rather a flat monthly membership fee is all it takes. They do this to keep their coast law, co eh, excuse me, coast costs low. <laughs> Uh, to their patients by cutting out the middlemen. Grant, do you like middlemen? I don't. No, I hate them. Yeah, it's going to be $65 a month, but there are other options, including different family plans. That monthly uh, fee includes unlimited visits 
with no copay. They got you got access to discounted labs, imaging, medications. This sounds like an amazing deal, honestly. It's a really great lab, idea. Yearly labs are no extra cost, folks. I don't understand why you'd go anywhere else. Um, the most basic labs are going to cost only ten bucks. You can get most X-rays for around fifty. You can get some medications for up to 90% off retail. The best part about all of this is, like I said during the review, availability and access. You can get visits that are same day or next day, and you're going to be sitting down with doctors for 30, to an, 30 minutes to an hour, not some stupid five-minute drive-by like you're getting at your regular family physician. Um, you, you get the physician's email. You can contact them 24-7 if needed our buddy dr short he's going to be the one you want to visit he's a great emoc hero he's a board certified family medicine guy he's going to make sure that you are able to sit back relax and enjoy the dynasty bruce weber is going to take us on i'm i'm thinking at least five to six more big 12 championships he's going to get a final four banner i'm calling it right now if you want to live long enough to see Bruce Weber family, Octagon of Doom, and a statue. Start seeing KCDPC, that's Kansas City, direct primary care. They're going to make sure you live forever. That is my words, not theirs. They can't guarantee you're going to live forever. There's a link to their website in our show description. Remember, check them out. They're the best in the biz. I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't. And they're located near Westport in Kansas City, Check out their website. Like I said, it's in the description of this episode so you can live long enough to see the budding dynasties in the works. So they're sponsoring the Keys to V. Grant, give me your first one so, you, so we can beat those despicable Baylor Bears. My first key to V is to regain the trenches. We won the battle in the trenches the first three games, and it proved to be the difference. Um, offensive line can absolutely not be bullied like they were in Stillwater. Uh, they need to take that loss personally and give a serious showing this weekend. Um, also applies to the other side of the ball, defensive Defensive line needs to perform. we got to get to the quarterback. Um, we're going to be facing spread offenses from here on out, and if we're not getting to the quarterback, it's going to be a long day. Well, I mean, you kind of took mine, which is in the outline, but that's fine. Um, you said get off I, offensive identity back. Yeah, the, if you're going to be owning the trenches, that's going to be getting your offensive identity back. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is just us bickering. Mine is get our identity, identity on offense back. It is going to be tough because Baylor is one of the best run defenses in the Big 12, they're only giving up 102 yards a game. Coach Kleinman was asked about that, and he said it's because they have a lot of veteran leadership on defense, and they're very assignment sound. Uh, spoiler alert, I haven't actually watched much of Baylor, so I'm just going to have to take uh, Coach's word for that. Um, but if, if we're going to win, you know, we have to get back to the point where, you know, we're pulling, we're powering, and we are running all over them. So that's my first key to be. Grant, what is your second key to be? I think referencing the head football coach is a, is a good reference point, so you don't have anything to worry about there. Um, I say get more creative in the passing game. We truly don't have guys at the wide receiver position that have the speed and athleticism to get open in one-on-one -on -one situations, and we need to get more creative in how we're getting them open. Open, up with, open the game up with shorter routes, uh, better variety of the routes, you know, utilize the width of the field, run some screens, set up some pick routes if you have to, 
do what we need to do to keep defenses honest. I like it. My final one is going to be a little out of left field, but it's going to be protect well when kicking. Last year, Baylor blocked an extra point, and they blocked seven total kicks last year. They got a blocked field goal, I believe, last week. Matt Rule coach teams have blocked over 30 kicks since 2013. So if K-State is going to win, you can't give up points, whether it's, you know, on field goals or extra points. You definitely cannot be giving up field position when it comes to protecting your punts. So that is my key, and I personally will take it as an insult if we get a blocked or a kick blocked against us on Saturday. Personal insult. Well, good thing we got the Blake Lynch that can get it up over those boys. Nice yeah, and easy. Exactly, and if if someone tries to block something that De- Devin Enkel's going to kick, I feel bad for the hands because Boomstick Swagger's going to punt it right through there. But it won't matter because the protection will be great. So – we're going to get into our game predictions. As always, we are picking 15 games that are presented by MyBookie. Bet with them. Use promo code CHAIR, 100% deposit match, up to $1,000. So get in there and win a bunch of money because you're all rich and you smell very nice. So last week, I think, is the very first week this week or this year that I won. I went 11-4. and four. Grant, you went 10-5. and five. The Boneheads. They went 9-6. and six. Not a great look for the Boneheads. They are still winning, though. The Boneheads have an advantage. They're sitting on the year at 54-19. and 19. Grant, you're nipping on their heels, picking up a game on them last week. You are 53-20. and 20. And I tell you what, I may be in last place at 49-24, and 24, but I'm feeling it. Close I'm the thinking, gap. I'm thinking this week is the week I make my run. So let's get into the games. I love going 10 and 5, man. Damn. I feel like I do that every single week. Uh, I mean, I think on average is that 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 plays. I yeah, think that'll that work. plays. That'll work. Um, all right. So game number one on ABC, 11 a.m. Saturday. OU goes to KU. Boneheads, again, I don't think we'll ever have a unanimous pick. Because if you're only picking the Sooners at 97%, KU at 3%, I don't think you're ever going to get 100%. Uh, I, too, am going with the Sooners. I assume clean sweep. Clean sweep. Number 21, Oklahoma State takes their show on the road to Texas Tech. You can catch that 11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. 94% of the boneheads are going with the Cowboys. I, too, am going with the Cowboys. Cowboys. All right, the next one, TCU at Iowa State, 11 a.m., Uh, I'm pissed off at myself because I convinced myself I picked Baylor last week, and then I went back and re-listened to it when I was getting the the stats ready. I effing picked Iowa State. I can't believe I did that. In my work pick, I picked Baylor correctly. (laughs) Uh, I'm an idiot. Uh, And Sorry, Boneheads. I think you guys are idiots, too. 56% of you guys are going with the Horned Frogs. Or no, excuse me. Fifty-six percent of you guys are going with the Cyclones. I'm looking at the poll right now. Fifty-six, forty-four Cyclones. You guys are dumb. I'm going with TCU. Grant, what are you doing? I guess I'm dumb too. <laughs> I'm oh, picking no. the home team. I'm no. picking the home team. I just don't. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't think they're that good, but I I think TCU's quarterback situation is pretty dire. I mean, I agree with you, but no, I was. I think they bounce back, but God, I hope they lose. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Oh man, if they lose that game, they're not going to a bowl. Yeah, it'll be going great right now. Oh, that would be great. 
Okay, next one. Number 11, Texas at West Virginia. Longhorns, 96% of Bonehead Nation going with them. I'm going with Texas. I assume you are too? Yep. All right, here's where things get a little bit interesting. Number 14, Iowa, going to number 19, Michigan. This is 11 a.m. on Fox. They call it Big Noon Saturday, even though literally both conferences that feature in that, the Big 12 and Big 10, have a lot of their schools in the central time zone. So I think they need to rebrand it. But the Boneheads are going 75% on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Maybe I'm a fool uh, because I got burnt the only other time I picked Michigan in a game that I thought was a toss-up, and I'm going with Michigan. I'm going with Iowa. I think Michigan. Now that's a dire quarterback situation. Holy shit. They're bad. I'm doing it. I'm making my run this week, so I stand by it. Uh, The next one, Cal at number 13, Oregon. I think, you know, I typically try to get one game from all the Power Fives, the Pac-12, and eh, Wolf City. This game isn't even on Pac-12 after dark. It's 7 p.m. Um, Ducks get 83% of the vote online. I'm taking the Ducks. I assume you are, too? Correct. All right. Friday Night Lights, Nippert Stadium, ESPN, 7 p.m., UCF at Cincinnati. The Boneheads are going with UCF 78%. Not me. I'm going with the Bearcats. I'm going with the Blackfielded Bearcats. Whoa. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I like it. The next game, ACC Network. The Pittsburgh Panthers going to Duke. 54% of the Boneheads are going with Pittsburgh. I'm going with Duke. I told you I'm making a run this week. I got Duke. I'm going Pitt because they have my favorite uniforms. Hey, that's fair. Um, the next game, 11 a.m. CBS Sports Network. Tulane going to Army. The Boneheads are rolling with the United States Army Academy. West Point Black Knights, 77%. No, Tulane with my favorite uniforms. I got those Tulane. Are, those are also so good. That almost factored into my pick here, but I'm taking Army. Okay, okay, like, uh, this is setting up perfect for me. If only I go perfect, <laughs> I'm probably going to be in the lead. All right, the next one, uh, the UTSA special, they are going to UTEP. The Boneheads are riding with our friends, the Roadrunners, 59%. Again, I'm not going to. I said I'm making a run this week. I'm going to. Boneheads, I'm coming for that ass. I got UTEP. I have UTEP. Sorry. Damn, come on, man. Ride with the boneheads. All right, we got probably the lesser of the the three uh, Service Academy Derby games. You have Air Force going to Navy, the Falcons versus Midshipmen, the boneheads, 62% going with Navy. No, I told you I'm making a run this week. Air Force, if I have a bad week, I might not play rest of the year. But damn it, I'm going all in. So I have Air Force. Who do you have? I've got Navy. You might be in serious trouble here. Maybe, or I might or come back. You'll be leading. Or I might come back. The next one, Arizona at Colorado, Pac-12 Network, 330. Boneheads have the buffs, 68%, and I'm going I'm going with Colorado. Me going too. Colorado. Picking the home team. <laughs> All right, next one, Buckeyes versus Spartans. Uh, Spartans are showing up. This is a 630 PM game. Uh, Ohio State's breaking out the black lids for this one. I think Ohio State wins by 30. I agree. I think they roll. They're pretty right, that, 
That is a clean sweep. Now we're getting into the college game day, game of the week. Even though it is the CBS 230 game, Lee Corso will be there. Auburn at Florida. They took the Auburn Tigers at a clip of 85%. And not me. I'm going with the Gators. I Again, I might be dead and buried after this week, but I'm going down fighting. I have the Gators. So I'm picking Auburn, but I'm cheering for the Gators because I am going to the LSU game, and it's been announced it's an 8 p.m. kickoff in Death Valley for the Florida Gators, and I want them to be both undefeated. So go Gators. Well, there you go. I might die that night. That's going to be crazy. Well, you know what? Auburn has that true freshman quarterback. I think this will be the most hostile environment he's been to so far. So I think. I think Auburn's go to Kyle Field. And yeah, I don't I think, think Florida so is very good, but we will, know. we will see. I'm going down fighting. All right, and the final game of the week. The Boneheads are feeling good. They're feeling frisky. They have the Kansas State Wildcats, 91%. If you're not going to be at the game, it's on ESPN2, 2.30. Maybe my favorite kickoff time. Um, <laughs> God, I hate myself. I, I legitimately hate myself, uh, but I'm picking Baylor. I'm doing it. Uh, it sucks. I don't like it. I This is just going to keep my self-loathing uh, and my life going, uh, but I'm not going to switch. I think last year I did a switcheroo, but I'm not doing it. This is, you know, movement Saturday. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead and buried. I hope I'm below 500 after this week. Um, you don't have to be. You just have to get this one wrong. Yeah, that's fine. I just you know I don't I don't want it, but I'm picking it. Uh, I got Baylor 31, K State 27. Grant, give me a score. So the superstition is is dead now. It is I dead. Guess. It, it is dead. I will pick K State. I was going to pick K State. Um, I actually feel a lot better about our chances beating Baylor than our chances last week. Even you know, even though I picked us big, I think it was kind of bullshit. But you know, hey, I'm not hedging any bets here. I got it wrong. Um, I'm picking the Cats. I think we bounce back, um, and I, I feel pretty good about this week. Okay, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah, um, if we if we have another like similar performance, then I'll the get podcast. very scared. The podcast will be over. We made it a year. You know, it's done. Yep, I agree with you. So that's all we got. Thank you to our sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Kansas City Direct Primary Care, live long enough to see us, maybe have purple pants again, and BlueChew.com for if the white helmets can't get you hard, medication might. Uh, Boneheads, we love you guys. Thank you for riding with us. Um, I think for Free Play Friday, we're going to have a conversation with Grant Flanders to talk a little bit about K-State basketball recruiting and K-State basketball in general, get a little tasty taste before uh, the season kicks off. Practice already started, Um, so stay tuned. Uh, And remember, when you leave the office for the night, hit play on Spotify and just let the podcast play through. Um, That's all I got. That's all I got. We love That's you guys. all I got. We love you guys. Go Cats. Let's beat the Baylor Bears. Meet me at the Cathead. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. He was looking for the place called Lee Ho Fooks. Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein. Ah, ooh. 
Network.